Last time on Chicken Not Nerd. This is the point in the show where we announce that we are now doing an erotic radio show focused solely in the world of Predator. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm down for that for an episode. <laughs> Roll the clip. Now for episode one of Malleable Mandible. <laughs> Interior Predator spacecraft. There he sat gazing over the world that would be his magnificent triumph. He lets out a dull click as his mandibles quiver with anticipation. He brushes his hands down the sides of his torso, savouring each moment his fingers are paused on the fabrics of his netted corset. As the blue pearl grows ever closer, he cannot maintain his excitement any longer. He thrusts his hand downwards and proceeds to... Shocking. Hello and welcome to Shake and Not Nerd. I hope you enjoyed that very, very special intro of part one of man- Mandible Mandible. Ma- Mandible Mandible. <laughs> Malleable Mandibles. <laughs> Thank you. I'm your host, uh, Duty, and with me as always on Shake and Not Nerd is uh, Mr. Ian, the huge footlong Johnson, the mini builder, the stroking Johnson himself. Thank you. How are you? I'm here and also participating. <laughs> Also? I mean, that's what we want. <laughs> He's not lying. And we've also got uh, the return of Mr. Fuzzy Dan. Thank you. Thank you. That's just the three of us. Tres amigos. For three amigos in two weeks. Yes. It's six amigos. Whoa. Yes. That's, or is it a lot cubed? of amigos? Is it three cubed? So it's it's nine. How do you cube? You have to have three. You have to. Oh, if we have if we have three amigos next week, yes. then we've got three triangles and we've got a triforce, oh. which means we have to do it a fourth time because then we have the hidden triangle in the middle. <laughs> it's maths. It's yeah. Simple maths. It's, maths. <laughs> it's more amigos for your buck. Like that's that's what we promise on this show. Yeah. You pay for five and we give you three. <laughs> <laughs> so h- how are you doing, Ian? How's the uh, how's the scar on your forehead? It's healed up quite nicely. That's one week, so that's pretty good. We're getting there. We're getting there. I have faith that it might. Wearing a lot of hats, I see. Wearing a lot of hats. If I just there we go. <laughs> Cover it up. I'm also wearing a hat because my hair is just getting crazy and crazier. I haven't had a haircut since January, and it is it's a mess under there. You don't want to see that. Yeah, it's he just, looks. He looks like Bradley Cooper in The Hangover. It looks it fantastic. Looks, yeah, I'll give you a. There you go. There's a sneak peek for you. Holy Whoa. shit! <laughs> Holy shit! It just like popped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His hair. We're talking about his hair. Yeah. <laughs> it just <laughs> fell on the table. <laughs> that is hey, a, baby, essentially what you've done on on your head. Is what I've done on my face. Yeah. Uh, with my beard. So yeah. That. Looks- well, speaking of face, Fuzzy Dan, you watched a pretty bad movie yesterday. What was it? I certainly did. I watched The Tax Collector. It had terrible face. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to recommend... I can tell everybody right now, do not watch that fucking movie. Um, just look at the, the shots of Shia LaBeouf getting his tattoo done, and that will be enough for you. <laughs> 
more more action in those still photographs than that entire fucking movie. Wow. Shia Well, well then. <laughs> Bullet. And I will say, the fucking, when, when I joined into this Discord chat, all I heard was Fuzzy and Ian going, uh, he doesn't have any Transformers money. He's used it all on his tattoos. And I went, you motherfuckers talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you. if we did a Venn diagram of Shia LaDouche, <laughs> there's, there's a serious crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got a, a pretty jam-packed episode this week in regards to your listener feedback. We've got a new review, and we've also got a topic. But first, we have to move on to the news. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's a top ten news countdown! Number ten. Boom! All my news has come via Tom. Any complaints, you can email to thomas.com. At the- <laughs> Thomas.comments. Uh, coming Thomas in. comments. Oh, that's uh, Tom's comments. Tom, com- Tom, oh, change the news to Thomas comments. <laughs> Thomas comments. All right, coming in number 10. <laughs> we are getting a Splinter Cell animated series. Thanks to the people at John Wick or person at John Wick. Somebody to do with John Wick. Thanks to nobody. whoop de doo Like, let's have a Splinter Cell video game. We haven't had one since, like, 2011, 2012. What was uh, Conviction? Was Conviction the last one? Nah, Blacklist. Blacklist, yeah. Where great. they changed Both the... Both Conviction uh, and Blacklist, great games. Oh, yeah. And we haven't had anything since then. It's, I, I want he's been that. He's been in Ghost Recon as, like, extra free levels and shit like that that are incredibly fucking hard, but he hasn't had a game now. To quote you from earlier on, whoop de doo I need, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need a proper <laughs> Splinter Cell game. Like, What does it all mean? I think it's yeah. just a wasted opportunity because it's a good character, it's a good franchise, and Xbox yeah. needs all of those things. So I don't know why Xbox doesn't just go, yoink, now we have an IP. Because yeah. Halo's going real well, like... <laughs> I don't much I like don't <laughs> and they're, they're they're doing Splinter Cell as an animated show so yes yeah. let's have you know the guys who did John Wick a great live action action fucking movie series fucking thing and let's make it animated mm. I mean nah. it's possible I mean, well it's can... like they did um, they're doing the, the t- there's a TV show or the movie of The Division they're doing, I think they're doing oh, the they were going to, yeah. I don't even know what's happening. They right were now. with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's right. Now, now we're just fucking living it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's people running around stealing toilet paper, <laughs> flares shooting little, into the sky for help. It's a little bit less exciting than the actual division, but yes, yeah. <laughs> same same idea. And yet, at the same time, better. Same time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can push doors, isn't I? Go past the door in the car. Oh, that was the big fucking Topical. deal when that game Topical came out. Topical for years He ago. closes the door when he's... Oh, so fucking stupid. <laughs> 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 All right, move it along. Number nine. Coming in at number nine, Tarantino's Star Trek idea is an earthbound 1930s gangster movie and it's not dead yet. What? Oh, my God. Why? Is why, Tarantino why slowly going to turn into, like, Ridley Scott or James Cameron? Like, is he going to be like, oh, yeah, I just got an idea for this movie, and then it just turns into, oh, you listen here, I'm taking back fucking Aliens Gun. <laughs> I feel like he's just going to fall. I, 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 When he does, like, because he's up to nine movies now, isn't he? He's got, like, one more, and then he was gonna that was going to be it. I reckon so... this one won't count as one of his. Yeah. 
because it's not his original yeah. story. Or he'll do a movie and it'll be under two hours and he'll go, that doesn't count. My movie's only got for yeah. you know, three and a half hours. He'll have an hour. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's he's already almost out of ideas completely. Um, we saw that with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which mm. was completely devoid of any originality. Um, or story, you know. Yes, or basic plot. Um <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, look, I, I think he's he's got one more movie to do. When that's done, then he starts going that full like, oh well, none of those movies counted. I'm going to do all of this and change cinema completely. Actually, if I make another Kill Bill, it's all one movie. So technically, it's just one. That 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 is a Kill Bill movie. Uh, that's a movie I wouldn't mind seeing if they do a a, a, nah. a third Kill Bill, what they call it, Kill Beatrix or whatever. Kill, That'd be kill right. B or something. Yeah, I don't know. Kill B. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good way to spin it off. Kill B. <laughs> to be or not to kill B. That is the next piece of news. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Uh, coming in at number eight. Nearly twenty-five years after wrapping its run. Ren and Stimby are returning to TV Comedy Central uh, has greenlit a reimagined take on the former Nickelodeon and Spike adult animated series. Details are scarce, but the Viacom CBS owned cable network plans to hire a new creative team for the update, which will reimagine for a new generation. Wow, that is what a sentence, Tom. <laughs> Red and Stimpy yeah, are coming back. Whoop de fucking do, Basil. It's just it's this week's news, a bunch of news that I didn't need to fucking hear. This like, week it's in just, all of this news? is like unexciting. It's <laughs> things that are happening that you didn't give a shit about. Like that's let's call it that this week. Yeah. Ren and It'll Stimpy? be the fucking guys who do uh what's it fucking called? Uh Justin Rowland or whatever the fuck his name is from Rick and Mortyville. Oh I'll, I'll do Ren and Stimpy. Don't fucking touch it. I've had enough of you. Fuck off. <laughs> You're turning into Ricky Gervais here, mate. You need to calm the fuck down. Hey, hey, I will hey. just say I did watch um, the first episode of uh, Lower Decks, the uh, the Star Trek animated series that's come out. Actually quite fun. Actually okay. Uh, much better than that uh, Solar Opposite. So it's, uh, yeah. Are there boobies? <laughs> there's there's no boobies. But no. The, but no like, and for these it's, reasons, it is a lot of fun. It I'm is, out. Uh, <laughs> good love, good old shark tank. Not even a male nipple. I'll take a dude's nip. Yeah, no, they they do uh, they do tastefully cover things in goo and all sorts. of If stuff. it's but, covered, yeah, look, it's I, not it is tasteful. a lot of fun. It, uh, if for anyone who likes Star Trek shows or like just generally animated adult content, it's actually quite fun. I like it. So, is it actually Star Trek, or is it like how the Orvis? No, no, Trek? it's no, it's proper Star Trek. They got the they got the rights and everything. So, um, which yeah. is really interesting because it's like a it's a piss take of Star Trek, but at the same time, quite cool. So, um, it, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's not for kids, is it? No, kids. absolutely not for kids. It's it's definitely like for adults. But um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of fun to be to be had in that show, and I'm I'm looking forward to the next episode. Hmm, that's exciting! Wow, it's a it's a is it a Netflix? thing or is it a uh, exclusive to fuzzflix it's an exclusive to fuzzflix bong (laughs) anything else to add Ed, or shall i move along along, i have nothing to add to ren and stimpy which is number seven
If you notice, the news never actually talks about the actual news <laughs> items. We kind of just use it as a platform to talk about other things we're doing. That's yeah. yeah that's usually how. This it. reminds me of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number seven, Judas and the Black Messiah. We got an official trailer. And I've just realized that there's another trailer on the same piece of news that that probably most of us haven't watched, but I've watched it, so uh, technically I haven't haven't fucked up. (laughs) The other trailer is Raised by Wolves. Yep, no, oh, David, that's see that. A, that's a Ridley that a, Scott. Ridley, Ridley Scott's Ridley new Scott, TV yeah. series. Yes. So we. How does he fuck this one up? Yeah. Well, I'll go over it real quickly because I'm the only one that's seen the trailer. It's sci-fi, fantasy kind of thing. Um, uh, it's uh, it's weird. It's fucking weird. That's all I can say. I don't know what's happening. Can't explain what's happening. Some crazy, like interesting, weird, or like possibly just... interesting, weird. It's very hard to tell at this stage because I have no idea what's happening. But there's some like sci-fi world that people, and there's some like lady, and she wears like skin tight, like leathery outfitty thing, and she's like a killer. And I'm I, in. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I blacked out after you said skin tight. Yes. And for these reasons, I went five percent. <laughs> But um, Judas and the Black Messiah was fun. The one that you actually showed us. The um, other one. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was actually fun. It's. Um, it looks like there's some sort of undercover agent in the um, the Black Panthers, right? Yeah, and and it looks like as well. Like if you want to get a, a character who represents or an actor who represents the shittest, filthiest bad guy, filthiest motherfucker there is, you get the guy who killed the kid in Breaking Bad. <laughs> Yeah, pretty you much. Get, yeah, you get that guy. Well, <laughs> spoiler, you see him, like you're the guy who shot that fucking kid in Breaking Bad in the desert, and he was in the El Camino as well. Yes, yes. I can't. I don't, I don't know the actor's I name. I remember. Yeah. These Good actor, things. but he's he's one of those things. Like when you when you when you've seen him in Breaking Bad and stuff like that, he's one of those. It solidifies him as like a douchebag character actor sort of thing. Congratulations, mm. you're now typecast as the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> We need a cunt. Get me that guy. <laughs> and I, 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 as I was watching the trailer, I just hear Ian like sort of like we sort of watch trailers together and stuff like that before we record. And Ian was just singing. I'm like, what the fuck is he singing? And the, the the sort of the the inspirational speech that they sort of say through this trailer at the end, it sort of actually turns into a sort of a musical backing beat sort of thing, which I thought was really yeah. fucking cool. Like a nice sort of touch. Mm. It looks like it's really well. Yeah, done. it looks. Uh, it- yeah, absolutely. A little bit of Spike Lee, a little bit of action to it as well. Like it's, it looks like it's going to be a good movie. I, I I'm excited to see that one. I get very mm. strong, and it is coming to cinemas. So for yeah. us, it's... if if it comes to cinemas, but I'm getting very strong. <laughs> yeah. I got very strong Black Panther vibes from it. Uh, sorry, not Black Panther. Um, Black Klansman. <laughs> Black Panthers. Yes. Movie. Yeah. Oh, I love the Black Klansman. Such a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. The end. The it's ending it's just Netflix kind of ruins it a bit, either. though. But that's Spike Lee. See, I went and I went and saw that at the cinemas, and like people were stunned at the end of that. They were like, there was people crying, there was people clapping, like just like just a really mix of emotions coming out of it. Such a a, a really powerful way to tie your movie into current day things. It was really good. I I loved it. So anyway, I'm excited to see this one. Was it Judas and the Black Messiah? Yeah. Yes. Yes, coming to cinemas when we're allowed to leave our houses. So can't wait to see that in 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Number six. Coming in at number six, we got another trailer. 
No. You know what? I'll swap them. I'll swap them. All right, come here, number six. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> come here, number six. This is the one where Tom put two pieces of new- one piece of news across two news items, so good one, Tom. Come here, number six. Ryan Reynolds is appearing in Justice League uh, as Green Latin, maybe, possibly, Room Thurman. <laughs> are you all right? Are you having problems this morning? What's going on, buddy? Sometimes the hair is trying to grow under his hat, and it's pushing down his brain. It's getting into my ears. <laughs> yes, it's a rumor, Thurman. So um, it means nothing. We know that Ryan Reynolds has done some sort of fun little cut himself on his Instagram. Yeah, he's replaced he's replaced himself with Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes, it's so weird. Uh, yeah, so the the rumor is that for the the Snyder cut, that they have gotten already existing footage from the Green Lantern film, just shots of Green Lantern flying through space, and they're going to somehow put that into the film to give the idea that Green Lantern isn't in the film because he's you know patrolling the rest of his sector, which doesn't involve Earth. Oh, which does involve Earth, but he's, he's not near it. So the the rumor is that they're just using the shots of him flying around space. Um, just as sort of like a, oh, did you see it? I don't know whether it's actually going to be close-ups of Ryan Reynolds or if they're going to Just use the same butt. stupid fucking suit. Yeah, 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 that's the space ass. Um, <laughs> I was going to say America's ass, but it's space ass. Um, so it looks like, if that is true, I hope that they at least CGI over sort of the Ryan Reynolds suit because the suit in that movie was fucking awful. I hope they keep the it rumor. exactly the same as the original Green Lantern movie because it's, it's all fucking terrible. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> as as much as I hate that movie, it's it, it is a very major movie for me in my life. So I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> much like your life. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred. <laughs> I mean, where would we be if Ryan Reynolds had never met Blake Lively? Probably the same Much happier place. <laughs> <laughs> but with less COVID. I'm not saying they caused it. I'm just saying we probably wouldn't have it. So They you know, set the chain in motion. What what couple do you think got together and caused COVID? Uh, Tom Hanks. Remember, he got Tom COVID. Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks got COVID. Definitely Tom Hanks. It's always the nice guy. Well, move it along. <laughs> Don't want to bitch talk Tom Hanks. <laughs> Number five. Tom Hanks uh, news. <laughs> Tom Hanks news. <laughs> now we can talk about the actual other trailer, and that is the trailer for The Boys. Season 2. The Boys. So Coming soon. So excited. To a Fuzzflix near you. Slash Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> slash Ian using my Amazon Prime account to watch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> More or less. I logged into Amazon the other day, and he's like, just log in and take a look at the accounts. It's like, there's Alex, there's Mum and Dale, there's Duty. There's like kids, and then there's just one that says scum. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I feel like scum. Cut a floor. Amazon Prime. <laughs> I, I'm really excited for it. I, I loved season one of the boys. I found it hilarious. I found it entertaining. Uh, I, I I want more of it. And apparently they've all, they're already renewed for season three. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should have recorded that clip of Ian putting his fist in his mouth as he was yawning. Ah. <laughs> yes, yawning. <laughs> yes, stroking Johnsons. Look, I love. I, I, um, really, I only just recently watched season one, um, and I really quite <clears throat> liked it. I didn't really find it funny that much. Every now and then, there were some funny bits in it, but I just found it really entertaining. 
and I mm. I can't see season two being any less entertaining. Yeah, they've they've shown some um, some sort of extended clips of sequences in the film. So sort of one of them is, or the boys are on a boat and they're sort of trying to get away from sharks that are chasing them, and then you see the uh, uh, fuck, what's the the deep chasing him on a giant whale and he puts the whale on a beach to sort of stop them and the boat just goes straight into the fucking whale. <laughs> so fucked. Uh, it's, a, it's a great fucking show, man. It's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next season. Now that they have sort of like a bigger budget as well, because like season one, not to say it didn't have a big budget, but now that they'll, you know, they're, they had a great first season, of course they're going to get more money so they can do more things or have more heroes or more special effects and shit like that. Mm. Although the whale mm. exploding special effect didn't look that great, so I don't know if they really put much money into it. <laughs> that, uh, it's, it's a really weird mix. Like Some of the stuff in it looks really good, other stuff looks incredibly cheesy, but I kind of think yeah. that suits the, uh, the show itself. Mm. Yeah, it does. It sort of suits that knockoff superhero vibe. Yeah. And the new superhero wanting to get her tits lasered or something at the end of the trailer. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. Yes. I'm all for it. And for these reasons, I would like to purchase 5%. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I love Shark Tank. What happened to Shark Tank? <laughs> anyway, moving along. <laughs> Number four. Shark Tank news. It's Shark Tank news. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number four, Sam Neill returning for Jurassic World Dominion. Well, it's not really just yes. Sam Neill, so Tom's kind of lied there. Because we also get um, Other Lady. Aren't they all coming back? Isn't, They're all um, coming back, I think. Yeah. Because we already got... Isn't jo- the Goldblum coming back? And then they get yeah. the, they got the T-Rex back as well. So, you know, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, because the, the T-Rex in Jurassic World is the same T-Rex as Jurassic Park. Is it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's got all the scars and stuff on the side of it. And people uh, and yeah, Universal right. came out and said, that is the T-Rex from the first Jurassic Park because it's got all the raptor scars and shit on it. Yeah, remember in Jurassic World where he saved everybody at the end? I mean, I still like that film. The sequel was so Oh, bad. Jurassic... Yep. Yeah, but they were all bad. Fallen Kingdom? <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. The only part in Fallen Kingdom that got me was when the when the boat takes off and the Brachiosaurus is at the end. I'm like, uh, ow. Yeah. Ow. My feelings. Yeah. And apparently that's the Brachiosaurus that sneezes on the kids. What? <sighs> no, you oh, no, can't. The, they can't the do that. Like, they can't do apparently, that. Apparently, sorry, not the, not the one that sneezes on the kids. It's the first one that Dr. Grant sees as it sort of jumps up and tries to get the branch and slams back down to the ground. The first dinosaur yeah, they see. Yeah, they also said as well that... Um, that that brachiosaurus that sneezes on the kids is actually not a male. It's actually wants to be represented as a cisgendered um, female slash male hybrid. <sighs> so, you know, I'm well, just following the true, law here. <laughs> some West African bullfrogs can change sex depending <laughs> on their, their, their climate. Because <laughs> uh, movies um, uh, find a way. <laughs> Seriously though, like getting At all least... these people back, it's like they they've they've run out of credibility with anything they were doing, and they're just trying to get some form of well yeah. credibility back. Like it's just it's so bad. It's after, desperate. Yeah, after Fallen I'm hoping Kingdom. there's another line like go on. Mm. No, 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 go on. After Fallen Kingdom, after Fallen Kingdom, I just feel like it, the ending of it is just very what the fuck. So if if they don't know where they're going, then I can't see it being any good. Better know where they're going. They never knew where they were going. 
that's the problem. They I never had. knew where they were going. They they had a had a great idea to start with, based on the book, and then they ran out of ideas almost immediately. Yeah. Like that was it. Like as soon as that first movie was done, like everything they did since then was just trying to like recapture that magic and never getting it. This movie is just going to be it's 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 going to be worse. It's going to get much much worse. Well, this this is this is the difference or the the comparison of seeing both movie properties don't know what they're doing in their current film or in their next film. But which one's going to turn out better? The sequel trilogy for Star Wars or the Jurassic Park series? They both don't know where they're going to go or what they're going to do, but someone's got to do something good. <laughs> Quickly, mm. throw more money at it. Do we? Okay, so we now need to have like a name for this, right? Because we've got, you know, we've got the you know, the Marvel Universe, we've got the Worlds of DC. Is I don't know what's the name? The Extended Jurassic Verse. The Creatious Period, because it's creating dinosaurs in the Creative Period. Uh, the Jurassic World Universe. Jurassic World World. <laughs> in the Jurassic World. I just, uh, yeah, in the Jurassic Universe. Yes, it's something. It, it Jurassic, needs a name. Jurassic Period. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's the Cretaceous period and the Jurassic period and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's terrible. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not interested in watching this next movie, movie at all. Like, not even Sam Neill, who I love and I think is amazing. Um, yeah, I think no, we have to back to this. I think we have to though for the podcast. We have to love him, or <laughs> no, we have to see it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be sick that day, just coincidentally. So yeah. Either that, or we all have to watch Event Horizon. <laughs> That's the only movie where he's a bad guy. I'd do that. I'd do <laughs> an Event Horizon watch. <laughs> Welcome to hell, bitches! You go through the paper, through it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie's got some fucking plot holes in it, which I think at some point we maybe should look at because there's so many. There's, there's more plot holes in that film than The Rock opening the door from the other side. Uh, Look, that's a pretty big okay. plot hole. <laughs> that, is, that is something that's come up on, on Twitter as well Has about us uh, talking shit about The Rock. And, and Fuzzy's been in on this Twitter conversation. Uh, Nick from Epic Film Guys goes like, oh, how dare you talk shit about The Rock? I'm like, he had a great point. Why did he need to memorise the fire and the spinning shit when the door just opened because, and was coming from the other side? Because... Guards, okay? Prisons have they were, guards. And they the stand sewer. by the doors. <laughs> There's no they guards. They stand in the by sewer. the doors. The, oh, I the mean, alligator guards. The alligator guards. <laughs> I mean, the door. The, you're you're you arguing about the, the door being there. That were guarding it at the time. <laughs> you're arguing about the door being there. What the fuck are the flames for? Like, where, where are the flames coming from? <laughs> so you just poke more holes in this more thing. Holes, so many holes. <laughs> I think you're focusing on the wrong bad point of that movie. <laughs> uh, moving along. Yeah, I'm going to go home and fuck the cheese. I got up in the morning and made myself a piece of toast. I sent the toaster to... Number three. Medium brown. Coming in at number it's three. It's my favourite. <laughs> John Wick 5 has been confirmed by Lionsgate and the sequel will be shot back-to-back with the fourth installment. So we're getting a four and five. So like how they did with... Yeah, what, like, we all originally thought it was going to end at three. Yeah. And then Jason well. Manzoukas puts him in his shopping trolley and takes him back to Lawrence Fishburne. Again, <laughs> Jason. Tick-tock, Mr. Wick! Tick-tock! <laughs> what a line. Yeah, I, oh, thought, I thought they were going to end it at four because I thought it was going to be a trilogy, but the first one didn't really count because the story really started at two. 
in a way. Um, yeah. But now they're doing a four and five back to back, and I am confused. I am confused as fuck. <laughs> Unless they're counting wonder- one and two as the first part, first act, and then yeah. number three is the middle act. Three and four and in the middle, yeah. Four and five, which is the next two that are being shot back to back, are going to be the third act. My question is, we've had Holly Berry, we've had uh, other actors uh, that have been sort of appearing in it and had like some form of action role. Who would you like to see in part four, part five as a sort of... I don't think like someone like Stallone or Schwarzenegger would work because it just pulled too much. But like Halle Berry scenes are pretty cool, especially with her dogs and stuff like that. So like, can you think of anyone you'd want to have? I want to see uh, Denzel Washington, um, but he's got like trained attack cats uh, that go around with him. <laughs> And not like not like proper cats, just like just house cats, just you know, <laughs> and they just like scratch people's eyes out. That'd be great. Like, do something, do Go anything. This fucking em. franchise is as yeah. boring as Jurassic Park. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's the it's the assassins version of Jurassic Universe. It's so bad. It's diminishing returns, and I can't. I'm not. I don't know. I don't mind them. They're good fun. Five. They're just. Um, Are the, they? The story. They used to be a, bit of a mess. It seems more cash-grabby than sort of developing... At least the third one seemed more cash-grabby than developing it, something. Yeah, but, like, I'd rather continue to watch those than watch any of the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, but they go into space. They go into space, so it's fine. (laughs) I mean... The cars are flying. And I'm just going to say that's kind of fun to watch. Fucking it's a little bit of fun. At least they it's do fine. It's that fine for Fast and the Furious to do stupid, but don't you dare, John Wick! Don't you? No, dare I want them get to do something stupid. Scratchy pussies with your Donald Glovers <laughs> and whoever else is going to be in this sequel. Oh, scratchy pussies! I need that on a t-shirt. Scratchy pussies. <laughs> John Wick and his scratchy pussies. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- look, I, I, lo- I think Fast and the Furious at least tries to do weird things all the time. They're like pushing, pushing, pushing. They've turned them into superheroes and it's they don't give a shit. John Wick is just more of the same, but it feels less exciting because I've already seen that. So, meh. We, we, we know that the, there's a fuckload of assassins in this John Wick world. The Wickiverse. But the Wickiverse, yeah, the Wicker Man. The Wikipedia. Um, oh, Wikipedia, yeah. Um, but... Um, Oh, imagine if they did for a John Wick film where it's like, assassins can't kill him, let's actually get secret agents to do it. Let's get, like, a James Bond rip-off to go after him or something like that. Secret agent man. Because, like, the assassins and uh, James Bond are now very similar because he wears a suit that's bulletproof and all that sort of shit like that in the second film. Like, then you, if you introduce someone as a James Bond-esque character, you can just ramp that gadget portion up a bit more without making... with actually saying... He's a secret agent, rather than it's an assassin with a bulletproof suit. I lo- I, see, I don't mind that. Like, like get a proper anti-wick in there. So, yeah, like, I think we need an anti-wick. They tried to introduce it a couple of times. So it's just not really stuck. With the Ruby Rose? Yeah. Well, they had Common in there as well, and he was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That, in that shootout when they had, were, were at the train station, they were like fucking pew pew, like shooting under He's 100% arms. coming back, right? He's definitely coming back for... Well, yeah. yeah, he gets told not to take the knife out. He's like, this is a professional courtesy, and the doors yeah. closes on him, and he just smiles. But they couldn't, they couldn't bring him back for three because it was like immediately following on from two. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if they bring him back, he was... If you're going to bring an anti-wick in there... Common is perfectly fine. I reckon. I reckon I'll make him a good guy though. 
I reckon they'll make him a good guy. Like, he comes back and he works with John Wick somehow. He'll be like his yeah, they, got, comes out uh, of nowhere Hail Mary Two, two John Wicks back-to-back doing some cool shit. Like, imagine the... Some more imagine, walking... Like, you kill in... someone with a fucking book. That was pretty cool. <laughs> They're all walking with guns under their arms. Like, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> like we've seen some awesome locations we've seen fucking so the third movie started off with a library and when we all went to go watch it he kills the basketball player with the fucking the spine of a book we all just went Ooh! that was good that Pretty was fucking, fucking cool. cool that was sick <laughs> yeah yeah. Look, I, I will admit there's a lot of really cool action in those in the movies, which is which is fun. But I just don't like the the story is it's it's, it's there's nothing new. Like, give me yeah. I want to see something new. I want to see something we haven't seen before. And two and three were just you know ex- extensions of that first movie. And it was the first movie worked so well because it's exciting and unexpected. Um, yeah, I just uh, I need something exciting. Anti Wick. Bring back Common. Bring back Ruby Rose. Uh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what if they use Timothy Oliphant as Agent 47? No. <laughs> How about go fuck yourself? <laughs> All right, move it along before I think it's something stupid. <laughs> number two. Coming in at number two. Uh, Mulan will be out on Disney Plus on September 4th along with a theatrical release in select markets. I nearly said supermarkets. Mulan will cost $30 in the US. It will be in supermarkets. They'll have those cardboard stands where they have Mulan. They'll be in McDonald's. You get your Szechuan sauce back. Mulan Were they going to do that? I think they were thinking about it. And it doesn't matter. Mulan will cost $30 in the US in addition to Disney Plus's regular subscription fee. And it will be priced at roughly the same amount in international markets where it will be available online too, including Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and a number of countries in Western Europe. Yeah. Look, I mean, so that pricing $30 is US dollars, yeah? Yeah. So that's what? That's like $50. Five dollars or something at the moment. Can you imagine if they charge fifty bucks for it? That's a bit steep. I would pay like I would pay thirty bucks to see a brand new movie out at home. You know, in my you know, home cinema, like uh, that's fine. Like totally fine with that. But Mulan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, they didn't. The, it's a live action Mulan film where they didn't want to put the dragon or the cricket. Some would consider the best aspects of the Mulan film. But they turn a, 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 a the main villain's sort of second hand is a sorcerer chick who turns into a bird. But they don't want to do the dragon. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I agree. <laughs> um, look, yes, it's problematic. That, that entire whole setup for that movie is weird. But look, it's a, it's a new movie that we when we we're not going to get a chance to see in cinemas. We we're going to have to watch it some way. So releasing it digitally mm. is fine. I hope they do this with more movies. I hope it's a success so that others will follow follow suit because otherwise we yeah. just won't get shit this year. I want to yeah, see exactly. Tenet. That's all I want. I, I just, just do a fucking Tenet. Is, yeah, don't worry willing, about the rest of it. I'd be willing to spend $50 or $55 or whatever it ends up being if it is a movie that I wanted to watch and wanted to support. I don't want to support Mulan and Disney. Because well, you think about it, right? Like, if you you spend like twenty twenty five bucks going to a movies anyway, exactly. so plus all of your, you know, if you're getting popcorn or drinks or whatever else you're doing, so you'll spend upwards of fifty bucks going to the movies regardless. So if they yeah. spend the same, if it's the same kind of money to watch it at home, fine. I that's, think if it fine. was, I think if it was thirty Australian dollars, then 
I think a lot more people would be inclined to pay that. But knowing that it's yeah. 30 US dollars, which converts to over 50 Australian dollars, it puts it into another price bracket that I think, especially at the moment when people are fucking losing jobs and shit, it's asking too yeah. much. I don't think it'll work. Yeah. Mm. No fear. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it for something like Mulan, but I think if they did it, if they just pulled the trigger and went, fuck it, we're doing it for Black Widow, mm. then, yeah, all right, well, I sort of have to because it's an MCU film and I'm sort of invested in that world. I'm not invested in Disney live-action remakes. A whole I think new you, you, world. You, best, you better test... <sighs> Don't you dare testing ground. <laughs> your better testing ground is using a large fan-based movie that you can't release in cinemas rather than going, hey, do you want to watch Mulan? The normal ones on, you know, the the original one with Eddie Murphy is on Disney Plus as it is. But if you want to spend thirty bucks for the live action one, no, <laughs> no. Well, fuck it. It's only Mulan. Number one. I just realised that I've been putting so many different, uh, like emoji emotions on Tom's uh, message where he sent me the news. <laughs> I think it was a thumbs up and now it's a sad face. So sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a roller coaster this news. Coming in at number one, Disney posts their first quarterly loss in twenty years. Disney lost four point seven two billion in the three months ending June twenty seventh, with total revenue falling forty two percent to eleven point eight billion. The company earned a profit of one point four three billion in the same quarter last year. Revenues from its theatrical, theme park, and live sports business were severely dented by the pandemic. Costs relating to its Fox acquisition, including integration expenses and severance pay, were also a factor. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's it's interesting that yes, they're, they're saying that they've gained a lot, or that that they have gained a lot. They've lost money, um, especially after purchasing Fox, and now that none none of their parks are open, none of their cinemas are open, all that sort of stuff like that. But then, what was it? We were talking a couple of weeks ago that how much Disney makes just from their parks per year is like four billion dollars or some fucking thing. Yeah, like that. some crazy amount. Mm. Yeah. So by them going. Oh, we're at a loss. Are you though? Are you really? Like, yes, you're in the negatives for the first time in 20 years. But A, it's the first time in 20 years. B, no one is going anywhere or doing anything. And C, you just bought another massive fucking company and all of their properties and had to pay out all these people. Yeah, exactly. It's just bad timing. If you you scale for... What's the fucking word? If when they compare box offices, oh, this movie's actually made more money if you scale for inflation. Well, if you scale for deflation, then you're probably not in the reds. Probably yeah. true. Oh, look, yeah. I think it, the the biggest thing is their their theme parks. They make so much cash off of that if they can't open them, which they reopened um, for some stupid reason. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the NBA is at one of their parks now. Yeah, they um, they got them one of their uh, resorts, so it's all isolated, and they've got a lo- nice little NBA bubble. Um, I heard with but that, yeah, like that they, you, you, they've made it into a ride now, and you get to sit in this little ride, and you go between all the basketballers' legs and look up their shorts at while it plays. It's a quite large world, after all. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that scene in the Big Lebowski, where he's on the ground going under. The- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's what I call a sliding. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that guy's dribbling. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I'm proud of that one. Uh, that's nasty. That's all I got. I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're probably right, though. Like, you take everything into account. It's an unprecedented, you know, once in 100-year, 200-year event. They like to say that a lot at the moment. Um, and you've got this acquisition of Fox, which just happened... It's, they're bound to not make money at the moment. Nobody's making money at the moment. Everyone's in a bad situation. But if anyone has the money to see through it, it's fucking Disney. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. They've got so many other like different properties. Like, you've got um, The Mandalorian still going to be coming out at the end of this year. They're filming Shang-Chi, The Master of Kung Fu in Sydney at the moment. They're, they're actually still going ahead filming that. Yeah. So they're still going ahead with properties that, when they release, will get the money. Especially when Mandalorian comes back out, people will resubscribe to Disney Plus and all that sort of shit like that. Um, and yeah, they can't, you know, they can't traditionally release Mulan. So maybe this 30 US dollars to get it on Disney plus is going to help them. And when Black Widow comes out and all that sort of crap like that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see if things don't clear up by the end of the year, then, uh, it's going to be a very interesting time for these companies. Yes. As long as that, like, well, if they get some success with Mulan, if they make some money off of that, like, that's probably a, a good avenue for them to start releasing more stuff there. They've still got, you know, they've got a platform now. Um, and if they can make it work for them, yeah. look out. Yeah. Well, they need to put something on there because <laughs> there's nothing to watch on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, in the words of Tom the Great, news. <clears throat> Concluded. <gasps> he oh, almost said it. That's the joke. Um, so, of course, uh, you know who our sponsors are. I'm not going to do the big old sponsor ad read. I'm going to do something a little bit different this week and tell you, uh, give you a quick comic book review of a book that I recently purchased at uh, at our sponsors, Incognito Comics, and it's called Superman Speeding Bullet, which, of course, you can pick up at our sponsors. Uh, it's essentially another what-if story where compared to how, like, Superman, Superman Red Sun is where he falls in, uh, in Russia. Uh, this time he lands in Gotham and he lands in front of uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne, uh, sort of before they conceive Bruce. So rather than conceiving Bruce, Kal-El becomes Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. They still call him Bruce. The same events still happen in regards to Thomas and Martha getting shot. Um, but when Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot in the alley, this is when Superman's powers actually activate when he's a kid. Um, and he burns Joe Chill's faces off, face off and actually kills him. Um, and he can't sort of control his powers and stuff like that. So um, it's the same sort of events as Batman. He then sort of you know becomes an orphan and he lives with Alfred, but he doesn't leave the mansion because he's too scared of what he can do. Um, and then he sort of realises what he must do in regards to saving the people of Gotham and becomes Batman actual batman and uh, the only difference is with him being batman is he doesn't have a face hole it's like a complete covered mask like spawn but he's still got the ears uh and the bat logo has got the sort of the triangle chest sort of uh, shape to it so it's still a bat but it's inside that shield yeah it's a, it's a really cool what if book uh the joker is in it but the joker is actually lex luther uh and lex luther is trying to buy wayne tech incorporated uh there's lois lane and uh, and perry white and all that sort of stuff you get from the superman books but as bruce wayne clark kent uh kal-el character he actually buys the daily planet because he has the money and he incorporates it from gotham and brings it uh, from metropolis and brings it over to gotham so it brings all of the superman characters over with him and it's a really cool sort of what what if 
story that I actually really, really enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in some other really cool, amazing books, you can check them out online at incognitocomics.com.au. Uh, at the moment, they, uh, they're not open in regards to the lockdowns that we have, so it is online only and click and collect available. Nice. Sounds like a really interesting story. Mm, mm. I'm reading one at the moment that I will save for next week that's another sort of Elseworld what-if sort of styled book. They are very popular. Mm, mm. I like them just because like, you can pick them up and read them. You, like, you know the story of Batman. It's you know very important with a book that you can read it. <laughs> there are some books you can't read. They might be in another language. They might be. You might pick up issue fucking 260 and you don't know where the story is at the moment. That's why I like Elseworlds. You can just... Pick, pick them up, up. you yeah. don't need to know anything yeah. yeah yeah there you go there you go but we are doing something special this week guys well not really special we're doing another theme um we're talking our top three opening scenes in films and also we're talking our one bad one as well at the same time i've got a heap of listener uh sort of uh comments if you will listener feedback in regards to what their favorite is and what their f- uh yeah some good ones on facebook and twitter i'm mumbling my words a lot i'm i'm a little hungover um but so we're going to start <laughs> off we all with- <laughs> are we all <laughs> so watching the Formula One getting pretty drunk. Um, so we're going to count down our top three opening favorite opening scenes in films, and then we're going to list one bad one. And Mr. Johnson, why don't you start off? All right. Well, starting off with the good, I have quite a few honorable mentions as well. But my number three, number three, for yes. those who don't speak Spanish, is <laughs> The Dark Knight. Our introduction to arguably. The greatest Joker that we've had. Sure. It is a it is a fantastic opening scene. Yeah, it's it's so good because it introduces something that we hadn't seen pretty much in Batman movies leading up to that point, and that is daylight. <laughs> <laughs> minimal yeah. um, minimal music. I think it was just like crime taking place the during time. the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, minimal music as well. Yes. Yeah, I think it's really good because you know the first time you see it, you don't know what's really happening they're talking about they're robbing a bank um and you think it's just a bank robbery and you're going why what's so special about this bank robbery is batman gonna come in at some point and just stop them what's going on here there's a phone call that goes out to a private number so you go oh maybe that's going out to batman's bat cave like that used to happen mm. in the old fucking 50s tv series oh yeah the um, phone oh yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, and then all of a sudden one of them takes their mask off. They're talking about the Joker all through it, that he's organized it. Um, and I think that really gets you going. Like, ooh, that's interesting. Um, and then you find out that one of them is the Joker. Spoiler alert mm. for those who haven't seen one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic opening scene because it tells you about the character, then it shows you the character, and it just goes all right, now I completely understand this villain already, and I'm ready for the story that is the movie. And it sets, it sets you a your really friends are dead. Oh, great line. You stole it, damn it. Um, it sets a, <laughs> a good tone for the film as well, because it's like immediately like there's people dying all over the place. Like it's just, it really is just full on. And I, I don't think mm. there's like, even the like Batman Begins didn't have that kind of that brutality or that finality to it and you just all of a sudden shit this guy's for real yeah yeah and it's 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 uh, like ian said it's it's very simplistic in regards to it being a bank robbery mm. like it's in the middle of the day it's it's smartly put together and i think in the dark knight rises when they do the plane scene though it's cool it feels like of course it was trying to 
you know, outdo yeah. itself in regards to its previous film, and I think it sort of did a step too far. Though it is a cool action sequence, I, I still think the opening scene for for the Dark Knight works really well. And it's it's also like you know when you watch movies a hundred times over and shit like that, you notice those little subtle differences or little things you didn't note like after they rob the bank and he gets all the money then the joker goes and gets his custom tailored suit with no tags on it and all that sort of shit like that yeah exactly there's a lot of things in there that you can dig through and find and i think like just tonally it sets everything up for the movie because even batman begins had a little bit of kind of campiness to it not really much compared to anything of the else batman things that we've got but Mm. It, it still did have a little bit... I'm of- afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. Yeah, it didn't have that. <laughs> Terrible. It, um, you know, it just... Even from Batman Begins, though, when you watch the opening of Dark Knight, it doesn't feel at all like a comic book movie. You no. think that you're mm. watching a bank robbery thriller movie. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good, uh, a very good opening scene, that one. It's a good one, and it's surprisingly quite low as well. Uh, to to take a, a line from Paul and Wayne, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I was, I was number three opening scenes of all time is you know that's pretty good. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy Dan, what do you got for number three? Number three, I'm going to go uh, with surprisingly a Zack Snyder film. Um, it is what? the opening scene from Watchmen. Uh, opening scene from what yes um i i love everything about this like um from just the the casualness of of how it, it just it just i suppose eases you into the movie you've got this guy sitting around in his jocks you know just chilling out at home and then all of a sudden some dude you know shadowy figure walks in and fucking murders him it's just it's so good it's just it's just really cool and just that brutal fight scene um that they're they're having along to um unforgettable by you know nat king cole mm. it's just you know just wicked and there's the bit where he like catches the knife and fucking throws it at him and bashes his head through the fi- like through the bench just awesome it's su- such a, a great way to like amp up your movie and you know that leading into one of the most amazing title sequences I've ever seen in films. It's you know it, you've got the the Bob Dylan uh, soundtrack, and it it really just it goes through the history of everything without actually saying words. It's just showing you just these little snippets of what's happened in the past. And yeah. again, like within the first, you know, it takes probably like five to ten minutes to get through the whole thing. But you've set the movie up really, really well without having to. A sort of force feed a lot of backstory and yeah it, again like kind of like with um with, with the ends pick it, it really just sets it sets the pace and sets the tone for the film just spot on you know mm, what to expect mm. after that you go okay buckle up we're we're in for a ride here it is a, it is a good i haven't watched that fucking ages but it is a, a damn good opening scene as well mm. i completely forgot about the neck king cole because i from because it gets to the point where, like, at the end of that opening fight where he's just like, go on, just do it, and sort of shoots him and he falls out the window. (laughs) It's all a Um, joke. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's damn good. And the blood on the badge and all the rest of it, like, just, yeah. It's such... That film's a a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I know it's... I don't understand how some people don't like it. Well, a lot of people don't like it because it's not true to the comic books. Uh, (laughs) I don't like it because it's long and boring. 
I see. I think it's one of my favorite like superhero movies of all time. I think it's it's great. It's it's unlike any other superhero movie you'll watch. More akin to what they're doing with the boys yeah. than anything else. Hmm. Doesn't have the yeah. comedy of the boys, but it's that same sort of like very rittiness to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like when he when he punches some dude's arm backwards and his bone snaps out of his arm, sort of that sort of grit in regards yeah. to the combat. And all of the like the backstories with Rorschach and um, yeah, it just some of the stuff that they go through. It's it's unlike you'll see anywhere else. And so that that really sets the tone at the start with these two dudes just like absolutely annihilating each other and yeah it's it's cool i like it it'd also be a really good 4k rewatch as well i reckon that film the oh. the vibrant blues coming off miss dr manhattan would be so fucking good in 4k yeah and that that, that, that 4k, 4K schlong <laughs> <laughs> yucky all right moving good on pick. to um, my number is a fantastic pick and it's one that completely like when when we do these lists, I just sort of look at my shelf and I go, "What do I like?" <laughs> and, <laughs> completely forgot about that. Uh, my number three, I'm going with uh, probably again. I think it was on one of my last lists as well, but it's the opening sort of prologue story introduction, if you will, to the Lord of the Rings series in the Fellowship, giving you the story of the Nine Rings as well as uh, the the sort of the the fight of uh, Mordor and uh, Sauron getting his ass ass handed to him. I think it's it's not only fantastic in regards to character development and building a world, but the score of that fight scene alone, fuck. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of those things, like, how the Darth Vader theme is sort of sketched into your brain. This, you know, the Mordor Sauron sort of orchestral theme, I think, is also sketched into my brain as well. And that one shot of seeing sort of all the orcs run towards the elves and they've all got their fucking swords sitting up and they all sort of Mexican wave fucking slice up. Oh, <laughs> fucking rad. <laughs> A lot of people online, yeah, picked Lord of the Rings and specifically the opening to Two Towers as well, which I couldn't remember off the top of my head because it's been a little while since I'd seen it. But Is the Two Towers think- the one with the backstory of, um, of Gollum? No, that's Return of the King. I Return think. of the King, okay, yep. So what was two? What's the opening of two? Two is where it's they're, they're they're running after the hobbits, and Gimli's like trying to keep up with them, and you just keep seeing him falling down the hills and stuff like that as they're all running. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Interesting. But yeah, I think Fellowship of the Ring. If I were to pick one out of the three, would be it'd be Fellowship of the Ring because it does it tells you the actual story of the Ring and why that whole uh, trilogy needs to take place. Uh, yep. The opening scene is uh, for two thousand. Had to Google this. Is the uh, the the battle with the Balrog? So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's a recap of that. And then you see him sort of falling down and chasing him with the sword and shit. Yeah. That that is pretty badass. <laughs> it's pretty badass. <laughs> but I think in terms of um, necessity, I feel like Fellowship of the Ring. You hit the nail on the head there, duty is is the most necessary, and it tells such a huge story in a short amount of time mm. so that you can get the context to understand the whole trilogy. I, for some reason, you mentioned the music in the fight scene, and I, for, I, I, I know it's not right. I'm obviously not right. I just keep thinking about the Jewel of the Fates. Uh, that's all I'm thinking of. It would work. It would work. Yeah, Try yeah. it. Jewel of the Fates was 1999, and Fellowship was like, what, 2001, 2002? Just steal it. Just steal it and put it in there. That would be fucking amazing. It would really work. It would be quite cool. Especially he's like backhanding dudes, and there's like fucking 50 dudes falling over. Beep, 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 beep
it would be great. It would be great. <laughs> Again, I know it's wrong, but that's all I can think about. I can't think of his music now. That's all I want with Sauron. <laughs> Every time you see Sauron, Jewel of the Fates. It would work. Yeah, it works pretty fucking well. <laughs> Great pick, G. Uh, back to uh, back to you, uh, Mr. Johnson. All right, my number two is from a Tarantino movie. Uh, so most people probably yeah, already picked it. They probably already picked which one it is. Um, and it's a very interesting opening scene because it um, sets up a very very disheartening story, um, and that is Inglorious Bastards. You son of a bitch. Damn it. <laughs> Picked my number two. Yeah. Picked my number one. I'm changing my number one to something else now. Uh, but but that goes no, to tell you how good this scene is that all three of us has it in our uh, top three opening oh, scenes yeah. of all oh, time. Yeah. It's like, unreal. It's I think it's his best film. Uh, honestly. I think it is as well. If I Actually, if I had to pick a Tarantino film to be his best, it'd be Inglourious Bastards. It's his most complete. It's um, it's well acted. Like it gives us Christoph Waltz, who is just fucking phenomenal. And that opening scene, just the menace, like the pipe. Oh, yeah. It just. The pipe. <laughs> pulls it, do you mind if I smoke? Fucking warm, just whips yeah, out he's this, got this gi- small little fucking dainty pipe, and he pulls out this giant fucking ivory one. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's so everything about him is like unexpected. Like, yeah, all of a sudden you've got this, you know, this guy that's just being very quiet and quite congenial and going, oh, that's cool. And then all of a sudden he just fucking murders people, like, for oh, just, oh, so cool. It's so good. And just the way it's shot, I love yeah. the shots of um, under the floorboards and mm. looking through the floorboards. And when the bullets start going into the floor and it just starts shooting all those wood chips up at the screen, it's oh, fantastically yeah. well shot. Another and then to end, movie. oh yeah, and when and to end on, um, I've forgot the main actress's name. Alawa Shoshana. Yes, one cool. of the greatest. Just holding the pistol, and as an audience, when you hadn't seen that scene before, you are just on the edge of your seat, going, "Holy shit, is he going to make that shot from there? Yeah, is he going to yeah. make that shot?" <laughs> it just yeah. completely goes in the direction. Yeah, he just, he just hands the gun up. Wootsie Daisy. <laughs> and it perfectly tells you that's what that character's like for the rest of the movie as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just He's... not what you expect to happen and quirky. And that's exactly what that scene tells you. Yeah, yeah. That's what the whole movie is. Not what you expect to happen film. because it goes in a direction that is not technically historically correct um, and quirky because you <laughs> get just you such that? weird characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it, uh, yeah, it also fantastic. it gave us Christoph Waltz and it gave us the, um, of course, Inglorious Bastards gave us the I can't remember the actor Daniel Bruin I think his name was who plays um, Arnim Zola in not Arnim Zola, uh, fuck he was the bad guy in the Civil War movies and he's going to be the bad guy in uh, Bucky and the Cap. Yeah, Bucky. Yes, you're also forgetting about the great one of the greatest actors we've ever had of all time. He also played Magneto. Dominic DeCoco. Sir Bradley Pitt. Uh, we also Michael had Fassbender Mike Myers. Mike Myers was in this, yes. Yeah, Diane Kruger is, was fun as well. Like, and she spe- was really good in it. Yeah, and like especially with that the the like the interview or interrogation scene that Christoph Waltz has with her at the uh, at the uh, premiere, like just yeah. so like again There's same so kind many of scenes in this movie that you could just like pull apart. It's a 
Oh, yeah. It's seriously, it's yeah. a movie maker's delight to pull that apart. It's like, I think but, that's the, what works with this one, like, because each of the individual, like, set scenes is very, you know, very Tarantino, but his movies currently only, only have maybe one or two of those in each of them. This movie is just all classic, classic scenes that just work so well. So, yeah. He just knocked it out of the park, but yeah, that opening scene. It gets scene, better on rewatch. It's not not many directors have that, but mm. Tarantino definitely. His movies are better on rewatch. Mm. Yeah, because you, it's it's like watching Hot Fuzz. You pick up things you don't pick up the first time you watched it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, any movie that thousand. can make Eli Roth and BJ Novak look good. I mean, <laughs> and Till Schweiger. Like, <laughs> is is is. BJ Novak is he the is he the one that fucking sticks his fist into a dude's head? Uh, maybe. Uh, there was, he's the guy uh, from the Office, the American Office. So. Oh yeah, no, 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 no not that guy. There was the, the the big fucking brawny dude that was in the, the, the shootout with Michael Fassbender at the end. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, Till Schweiger. That like, yeah, the guy that looks like fucking BJ Blazkowicz. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to your Nazi bots. That guy. Yeah. 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 I Till mean, Schweiger. if they were he's going fucking, to do a, a he's great a Wolfenstein movie. A Wolfenstein movie. <laughs> Surely <laughs> that would be the guy. That'd be the guy. <laughs> He'd be the best BJ you've ever had. Well, he has been. He was in the Far Cry movie, so um, he was the main character from there that. Fuzzy, you're number movie. two. <laughs> yeah. Far Cry movie. No yeah, way. there's a Far Cry movie. Did you not know that? Um, it's no. it's by um, there's a, a infamous director called uh, Uwe Boll, and uh, oh god, yeah, it's an Uwe Boll movie. It is terrible, um, but yes, there is a Far Cry movie. But based on the the video video game, and it's stop, stop! <laughs> he's already dead. Uh, don't worry, it will be coming to Fuzzflix uh, this week, especially for everybody. So uh, yeah, definitely yeah. check that out. <laughs> Please don't tell me you like that film. Oh no, it's terrible. It's a, it's an Uwe Boll film. It's all all of his films are terrible, and then he blames everybody else for them them being bad. I mean, I would too. <laughs> What's your number two, Fuzz? Well, you said it, so that was that's fine. You stole my thunder. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, Inglorious Bastards. I, I'm I'm not going to change it because I can't be bothered. Um, but yeah, it's it's so good. I love it for all of the yeah, reasons yeah. previously specified. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Such a great scene. Yeah. All right, duty. Uh, my number two. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop saying comes as a surprise because no one fucking cares, but I'm going to pick the opening scene to Return of the Jedi where you get, uh, of course, uh, Emperor Darth Vader on uh, on the lander shuttle coming in. We're seeing the new Death Star, so seeing what's going on, uh, and we, we get told that the Emperor is coming. So you get that sort of... The, the Emperor's coming. Not, the Emperor's coming. Everybody look busy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like when you when you watch the fear on the, the you know, the, the Imperial Admiral sort of face that, like, the Emperor is coming here, and he's like, yes, and he's not as forgiving as I am. And sort of, you know, Vader is not forgiving at all, because we see him choke and kill cunts all the fucking time in, all, in you know, episode four and episode five. So we're actually going to see the Emperor. He's even more evil than Vader, because he flat up tells him, you see the fear in everyone's eyes. And then later on in the film, when the Emperor arrives, fucking everyone is in that hangar bay, all standing in attention as the Emperor arrives. And, and sort of having that sort of... It's the same sort of scene and same sort of shot, but seeing as what's yet to come and the sort of the why is the fucking, you know, Imperial fucking Admiral losing his shit when he says the Emperor is coming here. Um, it, it's it's one of those scenes that sort of sets up a, a, the, the, the essentially a, an identical scene in the film, but it's 
it sets up the sort of the evil that's going to be in this film and, and something that, you know, we only saw as a fish-frogged fucking hologram in episode five originally. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a fantastic opening scene because it, again, does what an opening scene should do and it sets you up for what that movie is going to be. And that movie's mm. all about the Emperor. Who is he? What is he doing? Why is he so ugly? <laughs> I, will, I will say it's, it's, it's probably the best... Or one of the best opening scenes in Star Wars. Episode four has the the great sort of shot of the tent. Episode five has just got the you know the the probe droid being shot onto Hoth. Episode three's got that fucking sweet space fight and sort of the the camera flipping around and shit like that as well. But it's it's one of those just simple but you know awesome opening scenes. You know you instantly get the Imperial march. You know you get Vader who everyone fucking loves. Who's you know even shinier and chromier than he was in the previous film. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Good pick. I mean, there's so, like you said, there's so many Star Wars openings that could be in this list. I think, as an honourable mention, I had number four as well because it's the first time you see Darth Vader when the ship docks and it's just Vader coming through the door, fucking killing all the cunts. Pew pew pew. <laughs> damn good scene. Yeah, he doesn't even. He comes in after everyone's dead and just looks yeah, around. Sure. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, damn good stuff. But should we go through some honourable mentions before we get to uh, our number one? Let's do sure. it. Sure. Right. Um, and you can go if you've got any uh, any honourable mentions. I do have some good honourable mentions, and I'm sure I know for a fact that some of these appear on some of my listeners' picks as well. Um, Goldeneye. Need need I say more? <laughs> Those baggy pants. <laughs> Indiana Jones one and two, because I feel like. Two. Although I really two. like three and two I actually really dislike as a movie. It has a fantastic opening scene. Wait, the opening scene for two is like in the Anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 very James Bondy with you know, it's he's the very diamond. James Bondy. He's the, the to the person you is just it? drank. <laughs> it's awesome. It's a They're great in Club Obi Wan. Yeah, I was going to call Club Han Solo, but it didn't feel right. (laughs) It's so so terrible. Everything about that film is bad. I I stand behind Ian. It's fantastic. That film is bad, but that opening scene is really good. Because you go from there, you're like chasing around the club. That movie's great. Trying to get... No, it's not. And trying to get the diamond... Sorry, the the, um, antidote. And then going into that car chase... It's uh, it's a good opening scene. Obviously, it's not as good as Indiana Jones one, where we get introduced to Indiana Jones and you get the iconic boulder um, as he runs back out of the temple. That entire ah, the boulders. It's a lot better than the fucking Last Crusade, where he's a kid and he fucking gets the whip crack and all that sort of. Junior, that that's awful. If you think two is bad, the start of three sucks. See, two and three are like opposite to me because yeah two has a good opening scene and is a shit movie but three has a shit opening scene but is a good movie yeah. <laughs> agree to like disagree <laughs> uh, any on- any other honorable mentions uh my last one is um a film that i pretty much talk about on every list that we have and that is the matrix oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where we yeah. get introduced to Trinity bullet time jumping over building roofs and all sorts of crazy things and the whole time when you haven't seen it before you're going what the fuck what the <laughs> fuck what the fuck yes. and then you think Trinity's yes. dead because she gets hit by a fucking truck and you're like what the fuck and you're like why is she running to a phone booth and oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly Fuzzy what about you got any honourable mentions you want to rattle I was just going to say The Matrix that's that's my big one that was it was 
I was hard pressed to fit, not fit it into my top three, but it's so good. Yeah. It's same. Everything about it's awesome for the reasons previously mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I like to get first. <laughs> Diddy, what about you, mate? Uh, I've got the, the the intro to Con Air, <sighs> where. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where Nick Cage is a lethal weapon who kills people. It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, I've got Shaun of the Dead because it, it sets up those shots of him walking to the shop, getting his Cornetto, walking back, and then it sort of mimics it later on, which was a bit of that fun. Pretty good, I've actually. got the opening scene to Aliens um, as well, and I have the opening scene to a highly controversial film, but fuck you guys, I love it, Batman vs. Superman, where you see why Batman hates Superman after seeing sort of Metropolis, you know, getting destroyed and he's running to go save his employees and stuff like that. Um, I really enjoyed that scene. I thought I thought that's a great way to sort of give you the, the reason why Batman dislikes Superman. I, he again, doesn't I dislike him. He hates him, like, to a point where he's going to kill this man. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, anyway. but I, I think I think it's a, it's a good sort of point of view from the previous film sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, mm. yeah, I think it was really well done because after... Um, after we got Man of Steel, a lot of people were talking about this whole fucking city's destroyed. Like, how can you do that? And then they came back at the start of Batman vs Superman and said, "Well, we've made a part of our plot, which is a great way to kind of try and fix something that that uh, your audience wasn't happy about and turn it into a positive." Mm. Which I think they did that really well. As much as that whole movie is utter garbage. That opening scene, again, is not bad. I quite like watching, you know, Fat Flick run through uh, dust. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a real cool shot as well, seeing, like, everyone run away from disaster and he's running into it sort of thing. I kind of like that as well. Yeah. It's very much tells you who that character is. Yeah. But uh, moving on, number ones, guys. Uh, Ian, the huge footlong Johnson, what is your number one opening scene? My number one opening scene, I hope I don't take Fuzzy's pick again. No, you're definitely not going to take my first pick. <laughs> <laughs> Just take all of your picks. Um, this is a movie that we've already reviewed, and I think it is probably the highest rated Suicide movie Squad. that we've ever given. Happy Time Murders. But the opening for Aquaman was terrible. I <laughs> Skyscraper. It is a fantastic scene because, unlike when I get into it, bad opening scenes, this perfectly encapsulates, sets you up for the movie because it doesn't worry about trying to introduce characters, which is not what an opening scene should really be trying to do, in my my personal opinion. You shouldn't be trying to introduce characters. You should be trying to introduce the problem to tease people into wanting to see your movie needs to capture audiences' attention but also introduce the problem and that is perfectly what this movie does and that is the movie Jaws. Oh, it sets fan- it up so good. Fantastic opening scene. Um, Get some side boobies. Really well done. <laughs> Just the- for those reasons, I, would <laughs> I see like why it's your favourite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that when, no. when she first sort of gets bit and she comes back up and she's like shivering and you can hear her teeth chat, I'm like, oh, oh that's, that still gets it's, me. And it goes on. It traumatised people. It goes on for, mm. like, I remember rewatching it um, for a recent episode and that opening scene, the screaming goes on for an uncomfortably long period of time. Yeah. Like, and, it's, yeah. and then it goes silent. I think that's what works so well yeah. is that contrast between her screaming and then the. <laughs> yeah. And she's just silent pulled underwater and it goes to silence and then you start to hear the waves crash as the sun comes back up yeah and the guy wakes up on the on the beach edge terrifying and you and you you sort of you know that 
that particular the opening scene for that film has been sort of emulated in um, uh, Jurassic World, the first one, where sort of you know an innocent person gets picked up by the fucking pterodactyls and gets picked at and then dropped into the fucking into the. Uh, well, I was going to say more Jurassic Park because it goes with that same of teasing um, sort of the That's villain of well, yeah exactly it teases <laughs> the villain of the movie and the opening to Jurassic Park is also a fantastic scene that probably should have made a list <laughs> but <laughs> teases the raptor in the cage does the exact same thing really yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah it's a damn good opening scene Oof, love it and that's why it's my number one pick Fuzzy Dan there we go um, my number one pick is going to be a film that I don't think any of you have watched uh, it's called The Way of the Gun um, now you, you're going to have to go away and watch this because it's it's super fun uh, so it's a film that stars uh, Benicio Del Toro and Ryan Philippi uh, as a couple of like they're, they're like just drifters basically just trying to get into crime stuff um, really really fun movie I really enjoy it. but the opening scene is just so great they're basically outside of a nightclub um, and they're sitting on somebody's car and uh, it turns out to be Sarah Silverman's car. Um, And Sarah Silverman just uh, like realizes what's going on and just starts going off at them. And the amount of swearing in is, is it's it's an epic amount of swearing that goes on and the graphic images that come up are just amazing. Um, Yeah. She starts going on. um, She calls Benicio del Toro, um, Ryan Phillips, his gay uncle um she asks, asked them if they'd like to fuck baby heads it's just it's just so funny and then Sarah Silverman. and then they get into like and they start um it's Sarah Silverman and her boyfriend like going off at these guys and then they start going into a fight and start threatening them and the guy's like yeah I'm gonna fuck you up I'm gonna fuck you up and then go, he goes all right throw the first punch first punch is yours and so Benicio Del Toro comes in and just punches out Sarah Silverman and it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so it's it's funny. It's sharp. It's just uh, it's really cool. I, I every time I think about opening scenes for movies, that's like number one for sure. Um, so I've been getting knocked out. Yeah, and she's like at the end of it, she's walking off, and she's like got blood like pissing down her face. It's just it's so funny. Like it just it works really well for the um. It sets. It's differently paced from the rest of the film. The rest of the film's quite uh, slowly paced. Um, and there's some really interesting, like, gunfights in there as well. So lots of really cool um, stuff going on. Lots of, like, twisting double plots. And, yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting film. I don't know how how well it holds up now, but I, I think that opening scene is just fantastic. So um, if you've got two minutes, I definitely recommend YouTubing it because, um, yeah, it'll... It'll it'll make your day. It's quite fun. Does Sarah Silverman actually play herself, or is she playing a character? She's just playing a character. Like she's only in that yeah. first scene, so it's only just to set up. Just like I think they just did it because it was just fun. Like it's it's not yeah. it's unlike the rest of the film, but it's uh, it's it's unexpected, and I, I think it's it, it's a really a really good way to introduce two different characters, and just they're like they just don't give a fuck. They're just doing things. So. Uh, Benicio Del Toro in that film's fucking fantastic too. I mean, yeah, mm. definitely worth checking out. I'm about to give it, yeah, mm. I'm to check that movie out. It's yeah, it's, it's a very random one. I think it's like it was mid nineties. Oh, actually no, two thousand one. Sounds like a nineties. So oh, yeah, it's a space odyssey. Yes, uh, very like sort of 
very mid nineties, early two thousands kind of tone to it. Um, wants to be Tarantino, but not quite. I was going to say it sounds Tarantino. Yeah, it, it wants to be that way, but it's it's not really. It's done by um, a guy called uh, Christopher McQuarrie. I don't know if you guys know him much, but yes. he does. He's done a lot of McQuarrie's did the new Mission Impossible Fallout movie. That's correct. He did Rogue Nation Fallout, and he's doing seven and eight. Um, and Jack Reacher. So, yeah, he's Ooh. he's a very uh, well known Hollywood figure. Yeah, you know it'll be good then if he's if he's doing that sort of shit. Yeah, it's very very <clears throat> different to um, to his other stuff, but I think uh, I think you guys might like it. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, seeing seeing as my number one got taken, I've changed mine on the fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm actually going with a, a, a scene that. Is they've they've done it twice and they're both sort of identical, I would say, in regards to their scenes. But it sets up the sort of understanding. It's it's one of those films where there's a good guy, there's a bad guy, but you can completely understand, sympathise, and even side with the bad guy from the start of the film. Uh, and it is well, essentially, the opening to both X Men and First Class um, in regards to uh, a young Magneto in the concentration camp with his family getting taken away from him. And sort of it's you, the you same. Sort of it's it. the same scene, right? It's 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 almost identical. Yeah, it's it's, it's the exact same sort of thing. But it, it then, in first class, it sort of continues on a little bit, and then shows sort of yeah. Xavier's first sort of uh, encountering ah, sort right. of thing. Um, so of course, you get his his family getting taken away from him in the concentration camps, and he starts to sort of scream and try to reach out to his family, and starts to pull all the metal wires and stuff like that in in, and it's freaking the guards out. Yeah. And the guards' immediate thing to do is knock out the kid. Um, and then, of course, you get Charles Xavier. Stupid fucking bit of a movie. But you see uh, Mystique pretending to be his mum in the kitchen. He's like, I'll oh, go to bed. I'll bring you up a glass of milk. It's like, you're not my mum. But you, you then get that scene with great, Kevin great Bacon. Professor X, though. By the way, just yeah, say. yeah. <laughs> you then get that scene with uh, with Magneto and Kevin Bacon, where he, where Kevin Bacon's character's like, you know, pl- you know, do that, do that again, play with the metal again. You know, I'm going to shoot your mum if you don't do it. And then you know, he ends up shooting and killing his mum, and he goes fucking insane, and like the walls start shaking, the lights start bending in. You get, you really get that point of view of I completely understand and sympathise with Magneto and why he wants to kill humans because they've fucked with him and they 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 just they hate him they hate all mutants where Xavier is sort of you know try and sort of coerce them into seeing seeing a better better way of things and I really like that sort of it's not like all comic book movies where the Joker is the bad guy Thanos is the bad guy you know it really gives you a yes he's bad from this perspective but from his perspective you can completely side with him yeah yeah he's such an interesting character it's a pity that they it's- fucking butchered the uh, the movies. Yes, like, I, I've, I've recently like on the back of um, you know the conversation you guys were having last week about movie universes. I've I've rewatched a bunch of the uh, the X Men movies, and mm. they just frustrate me to no end. Like it's we we give a lot of shit to like the Star Wars films and all the rest of it for like retconning everything they do every time they they make a new film. X-Men did it even worse. Like, every time they, they, they finish a movie, they finish on a certain time, and then the next movie, it's like, it's all forgotten. Like, they just yeah. they just leave all of that stuff out of it, and they just move on to something else. It's like, it's this, this, the same characters, it's the same people acting, but then they just yeah. they forget about everything they've done. And it's, it's just so... It's, yeah. It frustrates me to no end that they can't continue on one story to the next. Like, just give... Like, yeah. 
do it properly like do, like we've seen it properly done with the avengers stuff like with the marvel universe yeah they did it properly they had an idea and they planned it out and it works and x-men just oh it's it's yeah, this it feels like he's starting from scratch every movie but it's the same characters right it's like it's the same yeah. actors and you're like i know these people they did this thing last time that you know oh why can't they just why can't they just yeah. finish the story they started yeah, and I love those things when you watch like the behind the scenes of, of of really any movie that's been a sequel. It's like you know when they ask, "How do you feel?" You know, Han Solo is in the next film. Like, oh, I feel like he's grown as a character. I, I understand the character more. All that sort of stuff like that. You can't really do that in an X Men film. Like, oh, so what do you think about Cyclops? Honestly, I don't know what they're gonna write about him. I feel like he should be doing this. He's gonna get cucked again in this movie. Fucking cuck, <laughs> like Cyclops is a fucking outstanding comic book character. No, he's and not. He's, he's not. He's, he's the worst fucking character ever. He is portrayed so badly in those films, but in the books, he's fucking rad. Ugh. Even in the animated series, he was awesome. But fuck, man, no, he wasn't. He's terrible. He's so fucking boring. He's he is like for a guy who shoots lasers out of his fucking eyes, he is the most boring person on the planet. Like, <laughs> nah, he's cool. Pill. Pew, pew. The whole thing he has to touch is fuck. No, fuck off. Like, just... Uh, anyway. <laughs> just boring. Boring, boring, boring character. Give us... Uh, I like Cyclops. <laughs> he wears glasses just like me. <laughs> well, now uh, that we've kind of segued into the bad stuff, should we... We've all got a pick of our worst opening yes, scene in the movie, right? Yeah, yep. Yes, we do. Let's, let's, let's go through it. What do you got, Thank Mr. God. Johnson? My pick for the worst opening scene probably isn't the worst opening scene of the movie, but it it does everything that an opening scene shouldn't do, and that's why mm. I picked it as an example of what not to do. Um, and that is the... I've got to say the original now because the new one's about to come out, Suicide Squad. Okay. The opening what scene the for this... Scene? Yeah, this... I'll give you a totally quick little synopsis. Yeah. So... Opening for Suicide Squad has three songs in it. It goes for four minutes and it introduces three characters and nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably why we can't remember it. (laughs) So basically, it shows Will Smith in his prison um, and he's punching a bag and he gets fed. Punching his mattress. Um, and then he gets attacked by the guards um, and then it goes over and it shows you Harley Quinn. And she's hanging down, and then she gets electrocuted on the gate, and then she runs and knocks herself out against the gate. And then we get another introduction to another character. Then it cuts out of the prison, and it goes to Amanda Wallace, and she has some... Amanda Wallace. Amanda Wallace. Amanda hugging kiss, and then she's just giving an internal monologue about how she wanted to fucking fuck cunts up because Superman came and changed everything and then it goes this uh, goes suicide squad i don't understand that movie how superman changed the world you have a dude who can turn himself on fire at any time superman changed the world yeah and then he was gone (laughs) ta-da it it does everything that an opening scene shouldn't do it just it fucks everything up it's way too much happening it doesn't introduce any problem it doesn't tell you what the movie's going to be about it tries to introduce three characters in the introduction to a movie no that's what the movie's for an introduction is to introduce what we're getting as a story 
It yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. It's well, the first like jam packed three songs into four the minutes. The first half an hour of that film is just introducing characters, right? It's the. Uh, uh. It's it's that's the problem. It's just trying that's to do so joke. much, and it does nothing for the movie. You could take the whole opening out, and it doesn't change the movie. It doesn't set up any tone, any scene, any story, any problem, any character. Introduces nothing. Fair enough. <laughs> They're now calling for the David Ayer cut of this film now as well. So apparently, it was a lot different. Yeah. Or David can Ayer get fucked. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Capital. That's my pick. There we go. Nice Most one. Intro. Um, I'll give you mine now because uh, it's it's it may be controversial. Uh, it is a James <laughs> Bond film. Uh, Ooh, yes, wow. it's possibly. Uh, it's one of my. I, I like this James Bond though. Uh, License to Kill. Um, I, I do. I oh. I do like me some Timothy Dalton. I think he's kind. Of, I think he was really good as James Bond. But License to Kill is terrible uh, as an opening scene because <laughs> uh, it's a great song. Yeah, you got a license <laughs> to kill. Yeah, great. Good old Gladys Knight. <laughs> kill, kill, kill. kill. Uh, but yeah, the, the opening scene is uh, they are on James Bond is on his way to Felix Leiter's wedding. Now, Felix Leiter, guys, uh, is oh, a character yeah, in James Bond. But yes, they, they're on their way to Felix Leiter's wedding, um, and basically, they, they a helicopter stops the car and tells them, "Hey, we've got to go get this guy, this drug dealer we've been chasing for years," and they go and capture this guy by you know capturing his heli- uh, his plane it's so stupid and then they p- they parachute into the wedding and it's just uh, and they're wearing these just awful into- morning suits and you know top hats and shit and it's uh, it's so grown everything about it just makes you groan and like I've, you cringe you feel bad but you're not even the person who made this thing you, you feel bad because the other <laughs> thing is making you feel bad it's, by association. Uh, it's awful. I feel terrible by... I feel like I've justified it by watching it. So, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking bad. It is. I, you know, 100% agree with you. It's bad. It's a bad opening It's scene. been a while since I've watched it. Well, it's, particularly it's, considering James Bond opening scenes are iconic. They're yeah. No, like, you could... Literally, we could have just done away with our whole list and just gone best James Bond opening scenes and we would have probably just as much if not more to talk about and then you get ones like this <laughs> yeah it's just anytime they've tried to introduce weddings into James Bond movies it's not worked <laughs> um, and <laughs> this is a, a particular example of it wait doesn't he get uh, on His Majesty's Secret Service are they getting married or are they just finished yeah, yeah. they just he's, get married he, at the end of he's it been, yeah. yeah yeah and then she gets killed and then that, yeah, that's right. They're on the beach or something, and uh, yeah, no, rough. Um, and that, that's, that's the rumor for the next film yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, it's I'm not going to have something to do with that. Uh, <laughs> Teresa Bond. Yes. Um, yeah, James. Anytime they put weddings in James Bond movies, it just does not work. So in this one in particular, a lot of that film is yeah. off. Doesn't feel like his like legs it. bitten off. Uh, yeah, he gets um, chewed up by a shark. They like slowly yeah. lower him into a shark tank, and he's dead. And as that's fuck. that's the uh, Benicio del Toro as, as well. It is. Don't yeah. worry, we gave her a good honeymoon. honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah there's there's so much of that about that film that just doesn't work but it does um and yeah <laughs> I, that opening scene is just it's uh, so it's kitschy but in the wrong way if you know what i mean like james bond had always had a lot of kitsch factor to it but it's just the wrong type yeah just no yeah. I think you could yeah, probably no. say that about Timothy Dalton's Bond movies as a whole. Both of them were just pretty bad. He yeah. wasn't bad, but his movies I like. See, I liked him bad. as Bond. I think he was he yeah. perfectly encapsulated, you know, James Bond as a character. I but think he, he and Pierce Brosnan both did good jobs, but they were both absolutely. Bad movies. Mm, mm. Yeah, they. I, if they'd been given like proper movies to act in, like they would have been a lot yeah, more fun. Exactly. What about Roger Moore, guys? <laughs> Roger Moore is the worst thing. To what about James Bond since <laughs> since since flint pants? Ro- Yes. <laughs> if you think Roger Moore is the best James Bond for you, well... And I got news for you. That means you're gay. <laughs> been holding under that sound clip for so I've long. I've been holding onto that soundboard for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Roger Moore is, is fucking atrocious. I, there is not a single Roger Moore film that I like. They are all... Uh, uh, oh, he's got, two, he's got two. He's got two. Live and let die. Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, true. Man with the Golden Gun. I'm, I'm, I've nothing to say to either of you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, Roger Moore is a just, away kill. He's just awful. Moonraker, Octopussy. Ugh. Octopussy. I mean, technically, by sheer that movie numbers, twice. <laughs> twice. By sheer numbers, he's technically a better James Bond than. Um, See, Roger so Moore caught probably. caught James Bond on a high. Like it was, he he got into it at the at right all time. time high. <laughs> <laughs> and he at he all drove time. that franchise into the ground. Like, yeah, it was a it's it's was a bad. mess. Did he though? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he really fucking did. <laughs> did he though? <laughs> yeah. Never I say do. never again. Did he though? Never said never again yeah, isn't actually a James Bond film. So it's technically not a Bond movie. Oh, I mean, still great though. His I actually really name is it. James Bond. <laughs> his character's name is James. Bond. <laughs> I like Never Say Never Again. It's quite fun. Oh well, I got oh, news for you. I got news for you. <laughs> 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 hey, hey! I mean, Kim Basinger in that movie. Oh, 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 oh. Based in something. All right, dude. What's oh. your worst? <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think if your open if the opening to your movie uh, starts with the death of a character that you did not know was the actor you did not know was in this film until either you watched prequel YouTube clips to understand who the character was or a fucking flashback live TV fucking oh. picture frame. Yeah. It's the opening to Alien Covenant yeah. where they kill off James Franco before you even fucking see it. <laughs> yeah, they. So the, I, I know what you mean by those those prequel videos. They tried to do what they did with um, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but the, mm. but those those prequel videos were like there was four or five of them. They were all done by different directors. They ga- yeah, they Blade give Runner, you yeah. extra context to the film, but they are standalone. You don't need the knowledge to actually see the actual and, and enjoy the actual movie. And yeah, Covenant mm. just. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Did they have like yeah, Michael like, Fassbender I, I, like bicycling around a lot and playing basketball and Yeah, like yeah. I I watched twenty forty nine without watching any of the, the prequel sort of or the, 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 the additional filler sort of stuff you can watch outside of it. And I understand who the characters were. Yes. I had a couple of questions that I asked to Ian about, but like that was it. I, I understood understood what was going yeah. on. But with this film, it starts with Oh no, the captain's dead, we can't get him out. I'm like, 
Okay. Oh, that was James Franco. That was your draw card for this film, and he's fucking dead. And he's still credited and in the for- movie too. <laughs> oh, it's just he was like one of the opening cards as well. But like, it just—it's one of those films where, as well, you for especially for an alien film, you want to relate to the human characters in some way. And no character I found in that film was relatable. The only one who was enjoyable was maybe fucking. Uh, Danny McBride? I, I don't care. I like Catherine Waterston the alien. in that movie. I think she's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think she... There wasn't much to like in that movie. Just some fluting and some fingering. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's the best line. Um, I, I think, uh, like we talked about, you know, um, uh, Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan like, being the right characters in the wrong movies, I think... Um, Catherine Waterson was the right character in the wrong movie. She could have been a really good amalgam uh, for, for Ripley in anything else you'd done, but yeah, Covenant's just a piece of shit. The, the less said on that movie, the better. But the opening scene, I think, is, is a massive thing for films because that's, that's what draws you in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it opens you yeah. <laughs> We are starting to get a little bit along in time, so I'm going to uh, read through some of the online uh, comments that we got in regards to what are their top three opening scenes in films? We also have a new review and then something special to wrap up the episode on. So I'm going to quickly, or not quickly, quickly, but I'm going to go through them. Um, we got Chris Brayton saying the Raiders of the Lost Ark is his favourite. It can't be beat. Uh, Marie Holt on the listening community as well said Goldeneye, mm-hmm. to which Ian, of course, put a great gift down. Kermit Knight uh, put Mad Max. The opening scene with the Knight Rider is amazing. It's a shame we had to wait until two for a movie that lived up to it. Uh, Kristen Akara says up. Oh yeah, up fucking, up is a that's a fucking fantastic, fantastic one. If you don't get, if you don't uh, feel emotions uh, after watching oh, the, the yeah. start of that film, you, you, you're not mm. here. It's another one of those situations though where the opening's better than the movie, in my opinion. Uh, my brother Ryan has put the 1986 Transformers film with uh, Unicron <laughs> coming and eating. Uh, Andy Campbell has put the Casino Royale. Casino Royale gun barrel scene. Yeah. Fantastic. Black and uh, white. It's fantastic scene. Yeah. It's a good fucking The third thing. is... Uh, Laura- yes. Fucking... Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Considerably. Uh, Lauren... <laughs> Lauren Vizzini, the... Uh, my wife, for Dave from Super Movie Brothers, has put, of course, the Dark Knight opening scene. Uh, she has put the opening scene from Saving Private Ryan. It was really intense, oh, and I yeah. saw it for the first time in theatres. The pace and chaos really made uh, me invest from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Does are it we, count as that we've opening got a scene, though? We were talking about the war scene, right? Omaha Beach. Yeah, absolutely it does. That, I don't know a, if it counts as the opening scene, because there's actually a scene before it. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. We don't count the, any, <laughs> any of the parts with the old Matt Damon. <laughs> do not count. Well, technically. Technically. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Actually. Uh, we've got uh, Al Oldfield from, of course, the San Dimas School of Film. Uh, where's the meaning of life with the crim- Crimson Pennant assurance sequences? We've got Speed, the lift sequence. We've got Bumblebee. We've got Sin City, not bad in terms of setting the tone. She shivers on the wind like the last leaf of a dying tree. That's actually a pretty good quote. We've got Baby Driver. we got The Lion King. He's put the 90s one. Scream with Drew Barrymore and Wolverine Origins, uh, despite the rest of the movie. The opening of Wolverine Origins is pretty cool. He's also said Bill and Ted of course <laughs> uh, moving over to Twitter we have Jaws from Dave from Super Movie Bros who's put the gif of the naked lady swimming uh, we've got uh, Paul Paul from the countdown saying Baby Driver is awesome otherwise I'll need to check out our episode on this we're not allowed to uh, like Baby Driver anymore I'm sorry that's official now <laughs> Baby Driver is the worst thing ever so yeah no more Baby Driver <laughs> uh, Sean Doyle on Twitter has put about last night Rob Lowe and Jim Belushi mm-hmm. 
What Were They Thinking has put Pulp Fiction, Swordfish, and Glorious Bastards, just to name a few. Swordfish. Swordfish. Password Swordfish. Okay, technically the name is Password colon Swordfish, um, but... Uh, and Gidget Von LaRue has put John Carpenter's The Thing, the opening sequence to A New Hope, and Blade Runner 1982, the opening titles. Oh, yeah. Oh. Anything to do with Blade Runner at all, yes. <laughs> now, I've just got to, because uh, we, we're, we're starting to wrap up in time here, uh, if you did enjoy the episode of Shake and Not Nerd, you can leave a review like the one I'm about to read out now on the podcasting app of your choice, and, and I'll read these out on the show verbatim. And guys, this is a five out of five one. It came through on the 26th of July this year, and it puts us up to a total of 44 reviews, and it says, Best Non-Bill and Ted Themed Podcast. <laughs> Who could have it's done such a do- thing? <laughs> and it reads a lot of dudes having a most excellent time definitely recommend for news and reviews and solid chemistry liking bill and ted references though should give it one star really but i wouldn't read this verbatim on the show <laughs> check out sand in school of film to see what podcasting <laughs> is all about be excellent to your ears and potty on dudes and it's all in capitals i'm not going to attempt to read it as uh, as, as bill and ted would suggest but uh, that's come from Al from the San Diego School of Film. Thank you very much, Al. I was uh, I was waiting for Fuzzy to come back on the show to read that one. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I love it. Like if, if we are having to read them verbatim, I'd like people to put in naughty words, um, ads for your local you know businesses, anything. Just just make yeah, duty say anything stuff. you want. Anything you're forcing yeah. us to read out, we're happy to read it out. Slash duty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, guys, um, that's that's going to be it for this week's episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna end on an audio clip that I've got on the soundboard. But is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? I think my audio clip speaks for itself. Chicka chicka. <laughs> Fuzzy dance. No, I've I've got nothing to say. I'm just going to use this time to specifically say that I have nothing further to say. And mine's going to be a piece of advice that if you want the dog to stop humping your leg, suck his dick. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Now for another episode of Malleable Mandibles. <laughs> episode 2, Alien vs. Predator vs. Joe the Accountant. My Outlook calendar sung out to me. It was time for my presentation on cost savings initiatives to the two CEOs of the company. I walked out to the lift and pushed the top floor button. As the doors closed and the metal box I stood in flew upwards. I couldn't help but feel my heart fluttering. The two CEOs, Alien and Predator, had a reputation for being blunt and hard to please. (laughs) Bing! The doors opened, and I stepped out into the foyer of the luxurious executive floor and approached the receptionist. Uh, Joe. I've got a cost savings presentation with Alien and Predator. <laughs> ah, Joe. Yes, head in. They'll join you in a moment. I sat down at the long table, my chest beating hard. Then my stomach dropped as he entered the room. Um, hi, Predator. <laughs> my name is Joe. I'm from accounting. I stood and shook his enormous spotted hand. His grip was so firm. I felt so powerless inside it, but also so safe. He looked me up and down, then stepped in closer, right up to my face. He stretched his mandibles, letting out a soft, 
playful growl. I shivered excitingly, and my knees wobbled. Suddenly, I felt it—an enormous predator hand down my pants, and his stiff third leg against my body. I couldn't resist him any longer. I grabbed his seven-foot body and tugged him in closer. As our tongues tasseled inside his gigantic square mouth hole, <laughs> our bodies morphed, our hands all over each other. As I was picked up and thrown onto the boardroom table, <laughs> yeah, hunt me, I whispered as my crutch radiated in his heat vision. <laughs> Then we felt it. We paused, looking into each other's eyes as it slid up between us, long. Thick, black, and wet. We turned to see Alien had walked in on us. His tail wriggled to join in, and the fun—the fun had just begun. <laughs> I would like to formally apologise for anyone who may be harmed mentally during this. <laughs>